and, and, and I just wanted to capture a part of it and, and create it. I wanted to create something, you know, from the 20s and the 30s. I mean, it wasn't my intention to build a beautiful pizzeria. A 13-year-old Brooklyn pizzeria that looks and feels like it's out of a movie set from the 1940s. Lucali is home to some of the best wood-fired pizza in New York City, beloved by pretty much everyone. I sit down with the pizzeria's owner and founder, Mark Iacono, who embodies Carol Gardens as much as Pauly G reps Greenpoint. The story behind Lucali, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Belinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to another show this week, everybody. Uh, Great to have you here with us. We've got what we call in the business a get this weekend, one of the best gets we could get. Mark Iacono, the legend behind Lucali. Boy, talk to anybody in the business, in the pizza business, and they will just show great reverence for Mark Iacono's pizza, much like they do um, Chris Bianco down in Phoenix at Pizzeria Bianco. Uh, but uh, unlike that case where, where Chris is a New Yorker who moved to Arizona, Mark is a product of his neighborhood, Carroll Gardens. Grew up there, knew all the characters there, admits that back in the day it was a little bit rough probably, um, but as a kid you don't really realize that. Told me a funny story about how there was a guy, he used to always bug for a quarter to go get you know, a snack or a, a treat or something, and he said later, yeah, the guy was probably a junkie, he was high all the time. Tough neighborhood back in the day, uh, but Mark has really turned things around on that block on Henry Street, and I had a chance to go there about a year and a half ago or so when I was doing my major jag through New York City, eating uh, 60 different pizzerias, and got there one night right right before they opened uh, to avoid the line, because there is a line pretty much every day. You got to put your name in, and wait for a table to open up, and... Um, it's just such a, a magical place. The lighting, the it's 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 like a set design in a movie from the 1940s, and Mark has really captured the essence of the old Carroll Gardens. And and of course his pizza is also fantastic, and he's also a great guy. And uh, he was featured in David Chang's Ugly Delicious, uh, the first season. I think the first episode was about pizza, and Mark was in that. He's been on uh, the the Late Show. He's been on uh, a web series with Scott Weiner from Scott's Pizza Tours. And I uh, reached out to him courtesy uh, of a friend, Arthur Bovino. Thank you, Arthur, for uh, connecting us. And he could not have been nicer. He made time for me uh, when I was in New York for the Beard Awards and uh, sat down at his, in his store, and we chatted for a bit about how we got into the business and uh, his theory on, and thoughts on pizza. And we began by talking about where the name came from, which is really a mashup of two people. My daughter, whose name is Callie, and Louie, who was the previous owner, uh, well, he owned the store for about 50 years uh, where I opened the pizzeria. And let's talk about where we are. When I, you know, I'm from Chicago. When I think of Brooklyn, I think of Carroll Gardens. I think the, the brownstones, the stoops out in front. This has really been your neighborhood forever, right? Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. Mom and dad were both born here. I've been living here for 52 years. Don't want to leave. 
and your folks were for your dad was born nearby. Yeah, my right? dad was born right across the street. My mom, block and a half away, uh, she still lives there. You know, she's been living here her whole life as well. So growing up, what was the food memory for you? Was it like slices of pizza? Was it like, you know, gravy and four-hour gravy like you're doing here? Um, yes, um, and, and a lot of pizza. Um, there, there were so many amazing eateries in the neighborhood. Um, not too many exist. I mean, I could pretty much count on one hand what's left uh, from my childhood. Like, like everyone else, my grandmother was a phenomenal cook. And I always remember going to these restaurants and pizzerias as a kid, you know, if they did this, like my grandma, it'd be a lot better. Or if they did it this way, you know, it, it was good, but it would be even better. And where was grandma from? Born, born in Brooklyn, down in Red Hook, on my mother's side. Uh, my father's side came over from Italy. Graham never, the only pizza she ever made were English muffin pizzas and, uh, you know, or whatever leftover Italian bread was left over from Sunday. You know, Monday we had pizza on Italian bread. Um, it was my, my Aunt Catherine who, who made an unbelievable pizza, believe it or not. And so you growing up in the neighborhood in the 70s, because we're about the same age, were having the typical New York style uh, giant, like 20 inches, cut into wedges, and then reheated on a stone yeah. deck. Yeah, and, you, you know, but there was also the, uh, there, there were two coal oven pizzerias in the neighborhood, Sam's and the Gloria. Uh, Sam's is still open. You know, the Gloria closed down, I want to say, in the 70s. But essentially, sort of a crispy bottom, foldable, crunchy. Yes, yeah. And, and you know, and every Friday night was pizza night. You know, I went to work at a very young age, you know, and um, I, I would walk the neighborhood construction sites looking to get work. Nine or ten years old. That's young to get a yeah. job. Yeah, like, you know, but just going on these sites, and it wasn't about making money. You know, I, I, you know, I didn't want a job to make money. It was just something like, you know, I was intrigued by construction. You know, I was always good with my hands as a kid and figuring things out. And I heard you're good with marble. Yeah, I wound up getting involved in, you know, in, in that part of the industry. I was a fabricator. Yeah, I was doing it for close to 25 years. Tell me, how did pizza come into your life? I mean, who doesn't want to open up a pizzeria? Be careful what you wish for. Um, Everybody, by the way, tells me, don't open a restaurant, don't open a restaurant. It, it, it's a tough business, now more than ever. This building is so beautiful, by the way. The tin ceiling and the pine floor, and the, it's just... But you gutted this? or Everything you see, see in here is uh, brand new, made to look old. I wanted to build something beautiful, but I wanted to build from that era, because I'm in love with that era. Growing up in Brownstone, Brooklyn, um, I, I did a ton of work in all these houses and, and I just fell in love with you know the architecture and all that and, and, and I just wanted to capture a part of it and, and create it I wanted to create something you know from the 20s and the 30s I mean it wasn't my intention to build a beautiful pizzeria so 2004 you signed this lease you spend about two years two and a half working on this um, to make it, like you say, look old, but everything is new in here. The, tell me about this oven, though. This oven is pretty gorgeous. When I was building it, you know, and, and that comes from my experience in the industry, you know, I just wanted it to be as authentic as possible. From the brick that I used, the, the mortar, the color of the mortar. It's like, you know, you go in all these old brownstones and, and you see this, you know, very beige, sandy cement that they use as opposed to now it's like that dark gray. You know, I says, I got these old bricks, but I, I want it to look like it was here for 100 years. You're like a set designer in a way. 
Yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Mark Iacono about his pizza, um, his thought process behind it, how he makes this glorious pizza, and a little bit more about this just gorgeous spot here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Um, and then we're also going to preview some scenes from the next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Mark Icono this week, uh, owner of Lucali here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. And in the last segment, we were talking about kind of how you got into this business. Let's talk about the pizza. Can you take me through the process at all, like making your dough? You know, everyone asks me a question about making dough. I mean, it, it's, you know, there's nothing really special about it. I mean, the only difference between my dough and everyone else's dough is the hydration. You know, it, uh, we just use a low hydration in our dough. Interesting, because a lot of guys are like 68, 70%, but you're lower than that. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know the science behind the dough. A guy showed me how to make it, and that's how I made it. All-purpose flour and water. Yeah, and not, yeah it's, it's not rocket science. Right. For example, are you doing a, a cold ferment? Are you letting it rise at room temp? I do a cold ferment. Okay. Um, like one day, two days? It, 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 all, it varies. Depending you know. on the ambient. Yeah. Uh, the ovens change, the dough sitting on the table, you know, you know, I would take a dough out of the refrigerator and make a pizza. Then the next thing I know, those those are sitting there for 20 minutes. It changes everything. And I notice your pizza makers are using wine bottles to roll them out. Yes, be only because it's a low hydration. And, it's, and, and what happened was one day I was making dough and the dough wouldn't stretch. I, you know, and, and I'm getting backed up and I'm trying to stretch and I'm like, I called my brother. I was like, you know, I was like, what do I do? I had all these people waiting for their pizzas. I'm backed up. The dough's not cooperating. I was like, and I call him up, and I was like, yo, bring grandma's wine, uh, rolling pin over. He was just taking too long. I grabbed a wine bottle, and I just started using that. I'm making the pies, and I was like, oh, pie's coming out a lot better. And this accident made me lower the hydration in the dough. How far into your opening were you by when that happened? Two weeks. Oh, that's really soon. Yeah, okay. Three weeks. And then with the wood, are you trying to go for a certain temperature, roughly? I'm, I'm at about 700 degrees. My biggest fight, as far as making pizza goes, the consistency. When you're cooking in these ovens, I don't know if the term double-edged sword, uh, but like, if you're successful and, and you're making a lot of pizzas, changes because you got to understand. Every time you put a cold dough on that brick, your temperatures keep, and, and the cooking process changes throughout the night, and that's something that I had to adapt to. And are you one of those guys like uh, Chris Bianco? You kind of want to make every pie yourself, or do you let other guys make it now without uh, you? Yeah, yeah, I do want to make every part myself, <laughs> but it's unfortunate I don't get to. What about toppings? So when I was here again about a year and a half ago, so I remember there was a couple of options, like maybe mushrooms, um, fresh basil. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, it's uh, before the Neapolitans came over with the Neapolitans making all these crazy things. and You know, it, it was mushrooms, pepperoni, peppers, onion, garlic, anchovy. But you don't do a lot of sausage. I, I, I don't. I don't do it because, and I should start doing it, on a daily basis, because um, I'll only put one sausage on my pizza. There's this one particular butcher that I use, uh, Esposito's, I love their sausage, and but it's just so damn expensive. And, and people don't realize, they're like, you know, why do I have to pay $7 for a topping? It doesn't make sense to them. And they get angry and, you know what, I, and I care what they think. It's like, you know, I'm paying seven dollars a pound for sausage 
eight dollars a pound for sausage. And you run like a thirty percent food cost. Yeah, and it's like you know the business has changed. From what I was told, you should run at thirty three percent. A restaurant, as a restaurant, you're getting hit from every end. It's very hard to reach those margins. And you know, especially when you're under the microscope, you know, when everyone's you know judging you and. You know, and again, I try not to think about it. I need to be a little bit more confident in what I do. How about your cheese? What kind of cheese are you using? Um, we, we use uh, the Reggiano, a low moisture mutz, and, and the buffalo. One of the things I read in that Alan Richmond piece from a couple of years ago, he said to the effect uh, that this is like a fine dining restaurant masquerading as a pizza place because you come in thinking pizza, but there's this whole romantic feeling here, this, the light the sort of sepia tone, the, the tin ceiling. Do you feel like that's part, that contributes to the eating experience? You know, absolutely. And I always wondered, you know, if, if I painted my walls hot pink, would I still be as successful as I am right now? It, it's about the, the whole experience now. That's, that's what it's, the, the industry has turned into. You only serve them whole, by the way, no slices here. Um, do you want them to fold it? I prefer myself picking it up, folding it, picking it up. I don't like when it sits in a plate, believe it or not because the pizza gets soggy. When you have that hot pizza touch that cold plate, you get condensation. But I, what I do is I put um, breadcrumb on my pizza tray and then the pizza to, to keep it off the pizza tray. And then do you also, did I read that you got from the idea from Dom at Defar of, of snipping the fresh basil? Dom snips, um, for the most part, I throw whole leaves. Then you see them tearing it or they're eating whole leaf. How do you even get into this? This is a tiny space. You had to go in here with oh, yeah, stone? Oh, yeah, 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 you go in there. <laughs> I got pictures of it. These stands like Hansel and Gretel. Because <laughs> this is an interesting shape. It's, a, it's not yes. like a dome, it's an it, arch. It's an arch. Do you, like a lot of guys at the Neapolitan places, will dome the pizza for a couple seconds at the end before they pull it out? Do you do that? You know what, yes, yeah, sometimes I do. Because what happens is, again, um, when, when making pizza, especially in ovens like these, where you don't have a heat source underneath. Like, when I cook a pizza in the beginning of the night, I have to take it off the brick and put it on a screen to slow the, the cooking down on the bottom so the top catches up. At the end of the night, it's the opposite. In 40 seconds, my pie is burnt to a crisp where I have to throw it out. So and the top is raw. So you put it on a screen to protect the bottom? Correct, to slow the cooking process down. I believe they do it where they throw it up high for two reasons. One is to flash cook it, so because it's super hot the oven at the top, so they'll throw it up there to flash cook it. And the other thing, you know, the smoke sits at the top of the oven. You'll see when they first throw logs, and you'll have that smoke hovering, and then it disappears. You know, and maybe to get some smoke flavor on it is why they raise it. Is is another reason why. Um, do you think a pizza spending two minutes in a wood-burning oven has wood flavor imparted in it, or is that not no, enough? No, no, no. Um, and, and I mean, you really don't get a lot of flavor from wood. You don't. Um, you get a lot of flavor from coal. Coal gives it a, a flavor. Do you like that wood? flavor? No. You prefer I, that? Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love the smoked flavor from wood if you can incorporate it or, or somehow get it to... Uh, you know, you'll, you'll get a lot of great wood flavor from grilled pizza. Then, you, then you'll get a nice smoky flavor on the pizza. 
Because of your success, now you've had a chance to do some media. Obviously, you do stuff like the Today Show and you do the late night stuff, but you're doing a series now, a web series with uh, Scott Wiener of Scott's Pizza yes, Tours. Yes, Tell me yes. about that. I'm, I'm getting to experience eating a lot of different pizzas. Uh, you know, stuff that I, you know, that I don't have the time to do. I don't have the time to go to all these pizzerias. Scott brings it to me. And it's know? called, is it dough? Is that it? Really dough. Really dough. Yeah. All right, so just to remind people, Lucali, no reservations. It's first come, first serve. No slices. Any other rules here? Just don't get angry with my hostess because you got to wait for a table. It's, you know, we try to do our best and, you know, there, no, there are no rules. <laughs> and knowing what you know now after 13 plus years of being in this business, what would you tell yourself 13 and a half years ago about doing a, a business predominantly about pizza? Your first impression is your most important, you know, is the most important. When, when you open up a business, make sure to do the soft opening, do the friends and family, just stuff like that. Do it right. Mark Iacono from Lucali. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I should also mention, Mark has been so successful, he's now got another branch in Miami Beach. So if you're ever down in Miami, uh, you may have remember a couple weeks ago we did a story on Stanzione 87. Uh, if you don't feel like Neapolitan um, going downtown, which is kind of all the steel and concrete is, go to Miami Beach and check out the Lucali over there. And thanks again to Mark for making some time to sit down. That was a lot of fun to just to, to spend a, an hour or so with him. Okay, coming up in two weeks, a deep dish pizza family that's been in business since 1971. I grew up in a family business that was always dedicated to the highest quality pizza. Because if you don't do the high, highest quality pizza, people don't care. And so it becomes very difficult to kind of stand out. I'll talk with Rich Aronson, the second generation in his family, to carry on the tradition of my pie, which at one point was the first deep dish sold outside of Illinois and today has just one location in Chicago. That's in two weeks on June 7th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or the Himalaya app, and please review us. And by us, I mean me, because I produce today's show. You can follow us at Pizza City USA on Instagram. On Twitter, it's at Pizza City Tours. And speaking of tours, be sure to take one the next time you're in Chicago. More information about those and how to get my book at PizzaCityUSA.com. You can send compliments or complaints to me on all social media at Steve Dolinsky. That's with a Y. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And next time you're in Chicago, check out Revival Food Hall in the Loop. We've got a pop-up going on there right now with My Pie, Good Deep Dish. And then Pat's is going to start in the middle of June for a three-month engagement. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, optimal bite ratio always. Always.